This is the Ask the Vet podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Ask a Vet. I'm Kathy Zitt, Managing Editor of Solar Power World. And this month's veteran is Kristen Graff, Executive Director of Women of Renewable Industries and Sustainable Energy. You may know her from her work from the Women of Wind Energy organization. And we'll talk about how that group has kind of transitioned into RISE and then learn more about Kristen's background and kind of what drives her to empower women. So thanks so much for being here, Kristen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So I thought it was pretty cool that your interest in the environment seemed to go back to your days in college. You studied agricultural and biological engineering from Cornell University. There you also kind of worked to expand the role of renewable energy in agriculture around New York State. So what kind of sparked your interest in that? That's a great question. I think it it actually goes back even before college. And I went those directions in college because of sort of earlier recognition in my youth, just spending a lot of time outdoors and being really passionate about being outside and the environment in general. I also was really active as a young girl in the Girl Scouts. And so I think that gave me a passion just for sort of being a part of cool things and doing good for things that I care about. And at some point when I was younger, somebody gave me a book called I forget exactly what it was, but something like 50 things kids can do to save the planet. Mm -hmm. And I methodically worked through quite a few of those, much to probably my my parents' frustration or I think eventual enthusiasm. Getting a real sense for my own role in taking care of the planet as a whole. It sounds a little cheesy, but it was definitely a recognition that the everyday actions that I was taking was a part of that. I was just a really big math science nerd of sorts too in <laughs> when I was younger. And so I had some really incredible high school teachers that saw those two parts of what I loved in the world and encouraged me to consider engineering and to think about the ways that engineering and technology can help the environment. My high school yearbook has notes from my friends in the back about seeing my wind turbines and solar panels someday. And oh, wow. uh, they all just kind of knew that I was really excited about renewable energy. And that was having never seen a wind turbine or not knowing you know, much more than what I'd read in books. I definitely went to college sort of determined to be a part of the renewable energy space in some way or another. And what a great start, because then I I saw, I don't know if it was directly after college, but you worked with the Union of Concerned Scientists. I went there to work in their clean energy team, and it wasn't an engineering role, but it was taking a lot of my engineering background to do some policy analysis type work. But I was also kind of starting out as a program admin type there and really increasing my role in the policy world and my understanding of energy policy overall. You know, I think I realized in college that the technology was something I really loved and wanted to be a part of, but that the world wasn't developing renewable energy projects at the same rate that I thought it should, given how far along the technology was. So that just kind of triggered my own interest in bigger questions about policy and economics and markets and public perception and, and all of those different pieces that actually influence sometimes just as much or even more so than the technology 
what we can actually develop and build. The Union of Concerned Scientists is an incredible nonprofit working on the way science plays in the policy world and overall how we use science to have a more healthy planet and a safer world in general. Those there really amazing people that have been in the energy policy world and on various sides of it for a long time. That's really cool. I, I hear a lot about that group and the good work they do, so that must have been really cool to be part of that team. In 2011, you were named a senior fellow in the Environmental Leadership Program's Eastern Region. So it's, it's said, at least on your LinkedIn, that you're still involved with it. Is that true? I am, yeah. Okay. So the way the Environmental Leadership Program works, you go through a fellowship program with them over the course of a year. It's like a series of retreats, and you have a cohort of people that you're in the retreats with sort of talking about the environmental movement as a whole, talking about diversity and inclusion within the environmental movement, and also looking at your own sort of career path and leadership plans and things that you want to be a part of, and really just bouncing ideas around and building your network. And then once you've completed that fellowship year, you're automatically just become part of this broader network of them, what are called senior fellows. And it's just this amazing network of folks all over the country that are really passionate about environmental work and interested in coming together to have conversations about the movement as a whole. It's been a really exciting and incredibly valuable for me, part of my work, just having a resources people sort of outside of my usual network, but still connected in various ways to the things I care about, to bounce ideas around. Excellent. What a neat group. And then you've been involved with uh, WOWE for eight years, which is now RISE. So how did you come to work with them and what was the group like when you joined eight years ago? I came here from the Union of Concerned Scientists. I would say there were sort of a few things. One, I was at UCF when one of the big climate bills that was being worked on federally was in play. And, you know, I was working in Boston, so not in the thick of everything going on in D.C., but still actively watching everything that was happening with that. And it was definitely a sort of frustrating, disappointing process for this, a real sense of optimism of all these great energy leaders, people that cared a lot about climate in positions of power and working and watching the climate bill just kind of get shredded through the political process, I think was one that moment, at least, that sort of had me thinking about is this the place I want to spend my time personally? I have so much deep respect for my colleagues that I worked with there and continue to do the work of policy change because it can be a real slog and yet it's so important. For me, I was just so frustrated. I was like, I need to find a way back to at least some slightly stronger connection to people that are actually building projects, putting steel in the ground somewhere, generating actual electrons of renewable energy, electricity. So I was starting to think about different opportunities and options. And I also had this theme that arose in college, being a woman in engineering. I was one of the few women in my freshman calculus class and became really active through college in the Society of Women Engineers. And then even in working in the energy policy space, there are a lot more women in nonprofits, but when you look at Congress, when you look at people on in decision-making roles on different 
committees related to energy decisions or public utility commissions or even the companies in the energy sector, you still don't see a lot of women. So I was sort of the frustrations with the policy path, my interest in getting back into industry and my passion for women just kind of those were all bubbling up at a time when this organization, at the time it was Wowie, was hitting its own stride and looking for an executive director. So it was just kind of one of those amazing moments where things align and I had a great opportunity and I, I stepped a little bit out of my comfort zone to grab it and it was really exciting. That's awesome when it when things happen yeah. like that. So, yeah, uh, and obviously exactly. you've worked out being there for yeah. so long. And so, can you kind of talk about how the group has evolved, and especially now that it is rise? So when I came, it was a new but fast-growing organization, not brand new. It it was started in 2005 by a small group of women that were frustrated not seeing more women around the wind industry. They started a small scholarship fund to bring some students and recent graduates to the annual Wind Power Conference as a way to get them access to the networks and hopefully jobs in the industry. And they had a first luncheon for the women there just to celebrate the women that they brought and to thank the people that had helped to fund it. And they ended up with standing room only, packed house, all these amazing women in one room, just kind of blown away that there were that many women in the industry. Just a lot of excitement and enthusiasm around the concept of having a space to be together. And So they did the same thing again the following year. And then at that event, there were a group of women that stood up and said, oh, you know, I'm from Portland, Oregon, and these have been amazing. I'd love to see people more often than just once a year. If you're from Oregon, come meet me after, you know, over at this side. And then someone else stood up and said, oh, I'm from San Diego. Let's do the same thing. And that's sort of how our chapters got going. And so now we have local chapters that have grown over time from those first initial few into over 35 around the country. And then it's kind of always been this sort of organic growth continuing. It was uh, a group of members that were interested in starting a mentoring program that formed their own committee. And that was before I even came on, they got going with that. And they had kind of built up enough momentum through some of the programming and through the chapters that they decided it was time to hire an executive director. And that was when I got to join. And then from there, we've built out other programming, uh, leadership forum, and our national luncheon has grown, and a variety of different events, our webinars online, things like that. And so over the last, I would say, at least two years, but honestly, it started before that. We we started to notice a trend of first sort of our individual members had been sort of people that worked predominantly in wind. And then over time, they started moving into other sectors, right? And they were looking for something like Wowie, but now they worked in solar or they shifted into energy storage or they were in roles that were legal or financial, and they started to do projects across all sorts of technologies. Mm -hmm. So we saw that sort of spreading happening within our members. And then before long, it was happening across our corporate sponsors and companies too. And it was just sort of this over sort of changing of the landscape in terms of there are always still people that are specific to one particular technology. But in terms of where the women that we were connecting with were and where they were going, And really the issues around gender in the workforce sort of transcend 
technology specifically, right? We saw it as a really exciting time and opportunity to be able to provide a model that we feel like has been built well and working well across other technologies as well. And and so you're right, for now, we announced the new brand in May and it's RISE, Women of Renewable Industries and Sustainable Energy. And we are definitely focused on wind, solar, and energy storage. But we're also seeing growth and participation from an even broader set of, of members and just organizations that are engaging, whether it's some on the electric vehicle side or green buildings, grid management, all sorts of stuff. So we're really excited about growth in that space and how having access to even more people talking about all of these questions, both of just kind of individual professional development, of overarching gender in the workforce, and how all of that connects into and plays with the success of the renewable energy industry as a whole. And I've been just thrilled with how it's been received. Right. I mean, I think personally, it makes so much sense to me because the solar industry and the wind industry and the storage industry really have to be working together. So it's very reflective of what's happening. And even looking at myself, I mean, when I started, I was on our wind publication and now I'm doing solar and I just recently got into writing, we launched a storage publication. So even myself, I've been kind of crossing over. (laughs) So so I, I feel like this would be a perfect group. And I know there's different ways to participate. You mentioned webinars, events, um, different chapters. Exactly. We have different things at the national level. We host our own luncheon at the annual Wind Power Conference. And then we've been supporting and helping engage with the women's luncheons and other events at the Energy Storage Associations Conference and at SPI, uh, the Solar Power International Conference. We've also been doing what we call Rise and Shine Breakfast at some other conferences. We did one at InterSolar this year and one at Solar Power Midwest uh, and hoping to do more of those in 2018. So that's a nice way to get an opportunity to engage with the national audience in person. Um, But we also offer things online like the webinars and our online member center, which is the way to connect and engage and also the opportunity through the member center, which is our mentoring program that has sort of two parts to the mentoring program. One is what I would consider a really traditional one-on-one mentor-mentee partnership. And the other that we host is a, we call it peer group mentoring. We sign groups of four to eight women and give them a six-session curriculum to work through all together. Uh, So yeah, there are a variety of different things that we do, those pieces at the national level, and then also work going on. Each of our chapters does work locally in a variety of ways, whether it's just happy hours and meetups as an opportunity to get together, more educational lunch and learns or panels, as well as doing things like field trips and events like that. Lots of ways to get involved. I always like to ask our veterans, what kind of um, reflections or insight can you share looking back at your time, more than a decade in the industry? What What are some of your thoughts? Oh, that's always a really good question. Excited about sticking in it and, and staying with it. In solar, I know they call it the solar roller coaster. And when we've had our booms and busts and in energy storage, there's the, the growth that's happening now. And, and While there can feel sometimes like there's a lot of uncertainty, what I think has been amazing over my decade plus, but also just kind of watching over time, is the trajectory of growth. How incredible the opportunities are within this sector and how 
exciting it is to be a part of something that's constantly changing, but still so full of passionate, enthusiastic, engaged people that really care about making a difference and and care about the success of the industry over the long haul. You know, there are pockets of particular expertise, or but it's always growing and changing. So the longer you're in it, the more you have access to, to different people and different information and an incredible network. Exciting that there's just so much to come. Absolutely. I mean, we're facing some things right now with possible tax changes and the trade case. So it really is important to have those relationships and uh, partnerships with people when the industry may be going through possibly a tough time. I mean, when you look towards the future, what are some of your thoughts? It's not an easy time, especially with frustrations around policy or you've got incredible projects in the pipeline and something weird changes. But what I think is amazing is the resilience of the sector as a whole. And so as much as I'd love to see all the pieces come together in ways that make sense and to see our leaders really understand how powerful and immediate the opportunities are in renewable energy, I think we talk about it sometimes as sort of a new or up-and-coming technology. And I am always like to push back against that language because I feel like it's been around a long time. There's always changes, but it's a solid sector. It's here to stay and it's changing the way that we have energy and electricity and our systems are going to have to adapt. So I think more than anything, to me, there's a big opportunity cost for the companies and and unfortunately for the government that don't step up and realize the potential that renewable energy has to offer in either within their sector or within the country. And I'm really hopeful that we'll get things right, especially the pressing decisions coming up in the next few months. But even if we don't, I'm convinced we will in the long run, and I'm convinced that we'll right the ship. I think there's many in the industry that would reflect your optimism and challenges before. And, you know, like you said, it's not a new industry anymore and uh, we'll get through it. I always like to ask too what people like to do when they're not focused on renewables. And I saw that, you know, you do like to be outside. You get to bike to work, which I'm super jealous of. Mm-hmm. And you go surfing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. I'm fighting rush yeah. hour traffic, which is not always fun. You like to be outdoors when you're not working? That's a big part of it. I wish I'd like to work more often, but I'm trying to be better about it and do it pretty regularly. In New York, we're lucky to have city bikes and things like that that make it really easy. And I'm lucky that I live and work in Brooklyn, which is just a little bit better in terms of some of the traffic and things like that. As opposed, I have a lot of respect for the bikers that bike all the way into Midtown. But I do love being outside. And, you know, I spent some time over Thanksgiving hiking in Utah. And I I love to get outdoors as much as I can. And the surfing was actually prompted after the move to New York, where it's like, what are your easiest options from from Brooklyn? And and it's actually a a quick, easy trip out to the beach. So and there's a great surfing community here. So I'm a very casual surfer. I mostly love to be out in the water. But there's an incredible community of surfers here. Other than that, I'm a nerdy puzzling type. I like crosswords and jigsaw puzzles, stuff like that. Always reading books and listening to great podcasts. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kristen. Really loved speaking with you. No, this is wonderful. Thanks so much. This has been another edition of Ask a Vet. 
Join us each month as I, editor Kathy Zip, bring you the unique perspectives and insights of those who have spent more than a decade in solar. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Join us online for more podcasts, videos, and great editorial content at solarpowerworldonline.com. And don't forget to share your thoughts on social media. Catch you next month.